So your watch records your stress level? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how well it works, but I, I should get a pretty good sample from oh, the day, cool. whether or not it's accurate. I mean, is, I guess it's just heart rate? It can't. It, a a it consistent must, raise of heart rate it, without gotta, movement? Yeah, I guess it's got to be, because for sure it's not like getting my blood pressure, right? If it does, that's, that'd be that's crazy intense. stuff. Yeah. I mean. It's kind of intense that it can get your heart rate. My resting heart rate, according to my watch, is like 45. What? Isn't that? That's not right. You don't think that's I don't, right? I don't think he it's He was hanging tight. around 50, but last week it was like 45. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like that. I don't think that's accurate. I think, you it, may I think that average I think you need good. to tighten up your watch yeah. band. Yeah. yeah I don't think it's getting a good connection, because mine is. Well, welcome to the well, Thursday. Maybe you're not. Welcome to the Thursday show where we, we talk are about we watches. Just gonna, are we just going to do our heart introduction now? I mean, we can. Okay. Because yeah. that's not how the introduction goes. <laughs> no. Uh, but um, it could be. I mean, we've changed well, it. What about Hudson? Hudson's Dude. here. Should he do the introduction? I mean, he can. Do it. You want to do the introduction again, Hudson? Hey, guys. I'm not Tad, and I'm not Gary, but this is still the Thursday show. I don't hate it. I don't, yeah. I don't hate that. Yeah, I didn't like how he changed it from what he did before. Oh. Well, I mean, he's he's been here for a while. Yeah. He's a changed person. Okay. I mean, we've changed him? I, I don't know if we've changed him, but he came, He went to, as a chaperone to Caswell, which is wow. why we went here last week. Well, I was going to ask you about um, Caswell. Do you want to... By the way, my heart rate right now is 71. Mine so, is 75. Okay. But if, by resting, but if, if it's by resting... But if it's measuring at 45 40, and you're yeah. upset... What is it saying about the Thursday show? I, it's a <laughs> stressful part of your yeah. day, I guess. I mean... But, should know, I go, should I go share Hudson's mic and see if my heart rate goes down? I mean, I do you don't think know. it would go down? I don't think so. Okay, so you don't think you're the the stressor? I, the Thursday I don't show. think I'm the stressor. I think I help calm you. Do you do you feel like you I mean, really listen calming? to my voice? My voice is a calming voice. I'm so calm. I mean, oh, it's an eighty. No, actually, it did go down. No, it went. It went there. We go. See, yeah. It's a calming. But uh, yeah, I had yeah. a pretty brisk walk. Did, it, you did because you were late. Yeah. You were really late from when right. we were supposed to be recording right. this. But going back to Hudson changing, I think Hudson has changed. Okay. I mean, he went to Caswell yeah. as a chaperone, mm-hmm. not as a student. And we were, we were actually chatting a little bit about okay. that while we were waiting on you to arrive at okay. the time that you told us you would be I, here. I guess but that's we probably not late. the last time um, that I'm going to hear about that. Probably not. Um, and, tell me about uh, Hudson. And, and I asked him, he, uh, you know, what, what was the difference? And... Hudson, why don't you share about, you know, what chaperone the the background scenes that chaperones do that you you learned. Well, it's really interesting because when you're a student going to Caswell, you're always really focused on uh, the worship and the emotional experience that it is, and there's a lot of wonderful things that go on uh, for students while they're at Caswell, but as a chaperone. Uh, you have to be concerned about more than just yourself, more than just your immediate friend group. So it was interesting for me to be able to see all the things that chaperones were working on behind the scenes, trying to make sure that there isn't any drama going on, trying to know how to address it when there is, to make sure that everybody's happy, everybody's included. So it was it, very, it was a very different experience. It, it was a lot of learning. 
just to know that there's a lot that goes into making sure a trip is successful. Did you solve some drama? I don't think I directly solved drama. No. That's too bad. No. Did you have any drama? Oh, uh, very little. Do you actually... have to tell any kids to practice hygiene? Uh, no. No, we didn't. They all did well. They yeah. Really well. Um, I mean, we, not a whole lot. It was a good group. It was a good time. Uh, had a good time. It's hot. And it rained one day. That is the hottest place on earth. Uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, well, yeah. I think, is the hottest place. Sure. But uh, it was Second it was a good hottest. trip. Hudson did a good job. He taught the small group. Really? Yeah, we had a – this year was different at Casel because with the new uh, COVID protocols, mm-hmm. they did not intermingle groups in each Can I group. pause you for a second? Yeah. I want to give Hudson some time to think about something. Hudson, yes. ask me and Tad, Tad and I, a discussion question. Tad and me, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's Tad and me in that case. Ask Tad and me a discussion question uh, when he's finished with his recap, like from your Bible study or create one, but ask us one. Oh, from the small group of Casual. From the small group. Okay, okay. I want him to lead us for a moment. You're going to lead us in your small group that you I'm going to give you some time to come up with the proper question. Okay. Tad, go ahead. Um, But, yeah, so the COVID protocol changed things where they were not intermingling with groups, and so each group had to – be in charge of the small group time. Right. And Hudson being an intern, yeah. naturally, he's going to lead it. Right. I mean, it's a learning opportunity. Right. He's going to lead us. In just and he's, he's about to lead. He's, you're about to get a, a little snippet right. of what he did. And he did a good job. He learned a little bit about how to prepare a small group properly um, mm-hmm. to stay on theme, but yet make it your own. And that, okay. could be, that can be challenging sometimes. And there's, you know, there's a large group session. And we were able to go to the large group session first, and then we broke into small groups. Wow. And the fun part is we didn't know what the large group session was going to be about. Okay. So, so sometimes you, you have to adapt in 10 minutes. Right. So it connects with the large group. And that, that, was, that was challenging, but he did a good job. Okay, great. Um, Hudson, have you had time to think of uh, a discussion question? It could be more than one, really. Uh, lead us in yes. discussion. Yes. So uh, – I think the the most fun, certainly the most enjoyable small group we had from that week was the one where we talked about the uh, trial by fire in which Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal to a contest to see whose God will answer their prayers. And so just to ask the both of you, uh, without any context, without even looking at the passage. Um, uh, that's great. I, I love this. Wait. This is awesome. I can't wait. I want you guys to talk about what are the differences we see between the false god Baal and the true god, the Lord of Israel? Mm. Mm, that's a good discussion. I, I can cheat because he asked that in small groups. So okay. I already have heard that. Yeah. But I'll let you answer. Does that mean you, yeah, I should go first? You should go first. Uh, one key difference that I see is that uh, Baal has to... Is it Baal or Ba'a? Oh, good question. What do you think, Hudson? You're the small group leader. Um, I'm not an expert on Hebrew pronunciation. Okay. But I've heard it heard him called Baal for my entire life, so it would that's just be confusing to use a different pronunciation. Oh, that's a good explanation. But you ha- have not heard it that way? I've heard it both ways. Okay, so I'm going to amend my answer and say Baal 
Baal. Uh, one of <laughs> one of the key issues with him is nobody knows what to call him. Um, point two is that he picks very inconvenient times to have to relieve himself. <laughs> That's that's where you went with absolutely. That's where, where he just picks inconvenient times to sleep and relieve himself, right? And exit the scene, right? Like he doesn't show up all the time. Like your, all of your prophets are here, like trying to get you to to do one little thing, right? Right. And you're and asleep, or you have to go to the restaurant, right? Like hold it for a minute. I mean, and, come on. And, I mean, <laughs> this is this send is some fire down. I mean, this right? is this is the you know battle royale right here. Yeah. I mean, this is for everything. Yeah. You've got one measly prophet that you've got to go against, and you have 450 right. to the other one. Right. I mean, that's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good point. How did our discussion compare to the uh, <laughs> to the small group? R- rate us and rate them. Uh, I'll I'll give you guys a four out of ten because you four. you were genuinely considering the question and you stayed on topic, but you really didn't take it as seriously <laughs> as you know the the. Seventh and eighth graders did at Caswell. Uh, it's it's your rating, so I I can't argue and, with that. But and uh, I didn't answer. I just want to let you know I was just supporting your. I didn't get. I didn't answer. I I, I do want to say I I feel like I'm taking it a lot more seriously than Bale did. You know you think, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you're you're gonna hold on to that point. I mean that's you're gonna that's the one you're going with that. That entity, I said him before, but really, like, since he's not real, then, you know, what is it? That, so that entity yeah. uh, didn't take the challenge very seriously. Right. So. Right. Um, okay, four out of ten. But you would give the, the other small group uh, higher than that? Yeah, I think I'd give them a good seven. Seven. Wow. All right, so. Wow. Curious to know what a ten would have been. Uh, <laughs> that is, that's kind of makes about, me want to go back. I guess it's <laughs> and do it again. Uh, I guess it's one of those um, be holy for your heavenly father is okay, holy or perfect. Right. You know that's the ten level. Right. And you can't reach it. You can't um, reach it without Jesus. Yeah. Like and, sort of like the teachers. Like you occasionally have a college professor that, that's like, you're not going to make an A in my class. Oh, good. Thank you for telling us that. Yeah. That, those, those are always a great class yeah. to walk into when it's like nobody has ever made an A on my class. Right. And you're, and I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I don't see you as a student. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to be the first day because I definitely was not. At that point, <laughs> no. It's, it's definitely, oh, oh, we're just, okay, be it is then. Yeah. Be it is. I mean, we're yeah. just, we're going to strive for that, that no, low I'm definitely, B. That I, low B. I'm definitely like, Pulling up my my schedule because uh, I'm assuming that's the first day of class. I'm definitely pulling up my schedule and being like, "All right, well, uh, throw this one out. Like, what what are the other ones? Do I have a? You oh, know, you're withdrawing. Yeah, oh, I, you're, you're no, withdrawing. I, well, that I, I didn't mean to suggest that, but that is a potential option. Um, I don't think I withdraw though. It's too much work to withdraw. It is a lot like, of work to withdraw. What if you've already bought your books and stuff? Oh, that was I never bought my you books never bought until books. like week two. I stopped buying books. I figured that out. Well, I mean, you'd get a professor, yeah, and they would tell you to get this book, yeah. And how many times did you go into a class? You bought the book, and then you never opened never it. Never even. There was not a test no. on it. There was not a paper on it. And they're like, like "Well, why do we have this book?" Mid- and they're like, "Well, we needed a book." It's mid- like midway through the semester, like he might say, "Okay, well, read the whole book and 
Uh, and there'll be two questions on might, the final. Yeah, we or we might talk about it in class for like 20 minutes. So, yeah, it definitely became like, let's look at the syllabus. Let's see what is going to get graded. We're, this is bad advice for a young college student, but yeah. it's good advice. Save your money. Save your money. Because, yeah. you know, there's no point in buying a book that you're not going to use. Yeah. It, and then you sell it back to the bookstore, and it's in mint condition. Yeah. Because you didn't open it. Yeah. And you, but you get, you're you get not a third getting, of the price. You're not get yeah, you're not getting the whole You buy a $120 yeah. book, and you take it back, and they're like, here's 10 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's like going to GameStop and selling back right. used, you know, used games. You yeah. You take them a brand new game, and they'll be like, I'll give you 50 cent for it. To transition us, um, I just wanted to share a nugget of wisdom with you. I can't Just wait. a little bit of a historical fact. I, I know you like history. You're a big I, context guy. I, <laughs> Hudson, how do you feel about history? History is a lot of fun. This it's, is gonna. It's interesting and helpful. This is gonna merge history and philosophy. Oh, are you ready for this? I'm on the edge of my seat. You've you've all heard of uh, Karl Marx, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's heard of Karl Marx. The crazy thing is nobody's heard of her of his sister Anya, who invented the starting pistol. That's so bad. Hudson doesn't get it. Hudson doesn't get it. On, on your marks. Don't ever say Katie. that one again. Don't. Please delete that one from your list. That's Oh, that's permanently that's in, awful. in my memory. That's, that's in my repertoire that's, forever. Man, that's a stretch. Man, that was a stretch. Wow. That's. Well, um, <laughs> welcome to the Thursday show. Yeah. I'm Gary. You're dead. I'm dead. Yeah. Are we, are we doing it? We're just trying to yeah. bring I, it back. I figured I had to. We're fresh. We don't want dead air. And, and I was worried that y'all would we don't be speechless. cut anything. No. We don't ever cut anything. No. Why would we? I mean, oh, do we want to get to a topic? I think so. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's transition time. time. Transition. Yeah. Not like we used to. Okay. Well, they don't know that. They don't They don't know that they we didn't see. all switch seats. It's true. It's true. Right. Um, so, uh, the topic this week, one of the topics that Hudson and I actually were, t- that we, we had a private conversation at Caswell uh, during some dead time about what would a modern day Pharisee look like? Because mm-hmm. when you look at the Bible, Jesus talks against Phariseeism yeah. than just about anything else. I mean, when he's addressing the Sermon on the Mount, he there's Pharisees there, and he's trying to get them to understand that you have to take it to heart. Right. And then later on, as you see throughout the book of Matthew, he is looking at the Pharisees when he's talking. Right. I mean, he calls them whitewashed tombs. That's not a compliment. I, no, I don't. If you took it as a compliment, that, then... That, we, we need to have Bible study. Right. But, I mean, you called somebody a whitewashed tomb. Yeah, and uh, also a brood of vipers. And, oh, he, I forgot about the brood yeah. of vipers. Like, yeah. which which is worse? Hudson, uh, what do you think is worse? Whitewashed tomb or brood of vipers? Probably whitewashed tomb. Ooh, yeah. wow. Did Jesus call them brood of vipers or did John the Baptist? I th- Let me see if I can answer that. Oh, you're going to put the, the Bible Our on? live studio audience is cringing. I know. So, which makes me think that maybe... Yeah. I was, I'll, I'll, I'll figure I it out. I was thinking you that's keep... early, early Matthew... Or Luke, when John the Baptist is baptizing and they're on the hillside condemning him, right. and he calls them a brood of vipers. 
But I do think Jesus called him something else. I just can't yeah, come Yeah, there with is. There, uh, he says the, okay, maybe it's that he says the poison of asps, which uh, is also vipers, is on their lips. Ooh. And he, uh, do, he does so say maybe it, they are the yeast that can ruin a batch of bread. Oh they are gosh. the bad yeast. Yeah. He calls them that too. Which yeah. is worse, bad yeast or whitewashed tomb? I still think whitewashed tomb has a little bit more sting to it than why? bad yeast. Why? And why don't maybe in answering your question, maybe explain um, it, what it what is so bad about being a whitewashed tomb? Being a whitewashed tomb refers to being dead inside, even though you look pretty on the outside. Mm. Like stings, man. Mm. I mean, if you're gonna have a tomb, you want it to look nice, but nobody wants to have a tomb because that means you're dead. Mm-hmm. But do you want a tomb that looks nice? I mean, if you're going to have a... Well, I mean, who cares what your tomb looks like? You're dead. But other people might want to look at a pretty tomb. Why? Because if, as a Jewish person, you can't go touch the bones. You can't touch a dead body. Or you're unclean for seven days. So why mm-hmm. do you want to decorate your tomb and spend time painting it white? Because white is purity, white is clean, but really it's just a holding place for the, and especially in the Pharisee tradition, they believed in a resurrection. They believed that in the at the end, you know, when the Messiah would come, all the bones would come back together and they'd be put together and, and bodily formed. That's why they put the boxes, the bones in the boxes, and put them in the tomb. So it's really just a holding place. So why would you want to paint it? It does. Right. Uh, by the way, we do have confirmation from the live studio audience. Uh, Matthew twenty three thirty three. You serpents, you brood of vipers. Oh, so it was John the yeah. Baptist and yeah, and Jesus. Well, that it still stings, but you still would go with whitewashed tombs. Yeah, I think I'd go with whitewashed tombs. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree with the intern. Really? Yeah. I don't know. But the bad yeast is pretty bad. That is bad. I mean. Not to use bad. I'm going to say how many times I can use bad in a sentence. Okay. But, I mean, bad yeast is bad for bread because it's bad for overall, and it can make you, your body go bad. Well, I, to your <laughs> point, because now I might be with you fellas, um, uh, to be bad yeast means you're corrupting more than your yeah. corruption. The whitewashed tomb, your corruption is mm. your corruption. Right. Um, really, you, you might argue that, Jesus is, is using all of these as tools to build a case against the Pharisees because not only are you dead inside, uh, but you look pretty, but your corruptness is corrupting everything else. Yeah, it, it, it's not just content to yourself. Right. You are spreading and causing other things right. to be ruined and not good for anything. Right. No nutritional value at all. No edification right. at all. I mean, that's a... To me, that's the warning sign that I see because he's, he's saying, be careful, leader, mm-hmm. what you do, how you act, what you say, because that will affect people right. watching you. And well, I mean, it, that's, a, that's a heavy, heavy load. Yeah. Can we maybe step back or step to the side I mean, for a moment? We can do whatever. It's our show. That's a good point. Um, uh, I, I would love for Hudson to describe... Uh, a Pharisee in Jesus' day, because um, wow. we are we are profiling on modern Pharisee, right? Well, um, yeah. Well, let's start with 
history. We yeah. like his. He said he liked history. You can learn from things. Mm-hmm. So what would have been a Pharisee in Jesus's day? And then let's see if that compares to a Pharisee in today's right. day. Right. Today's day. Modern today day. is tomorrow's yesterday. Yeah. Maybe it's modern day. Modern times? Yesterday is tomorrow's... I don't know. It doesn't matter. Hudson, I don't know. get us back on track. So the Pharisee, they, they get a lot of uh, uh, criticism from Jesus, rightly so. But one of the things that we need to remember about them is that they did a lot of things that made a lot of people think that they were really good people. Nobody read the Bible more than them. Nobody fasted more than them. Like, there's a reason why Jesus says your, your righteousness must exceed even that of the Pharisees. He's not giving them a low standard there. He's just showing them that even though the Pharisees, they have a higher view of Scripture than anybody else. They read the Bible more than anybody else. They still weren't good people because their hearts were in the wrong place. He's not telling people you need to stop doing the things that the Pharisee are doing. He's saying you need to do them for the right reasons. You need to do them because your heart loves God and wants to serve him, not because you're trying to attain to some sort of uh, personal religious satisfaction in your own goodness. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, they knew all the law. Right. They were students of the law that not only did they study the Torah, mm. but they spent time interpreting it and creating the Talmud, which was right. their interpretation of the law, to make sure they don't even get close to the crossing the line. Right. Right? I mean, that's kind of what they wanted to do. They and wanted righteousness. Some of the more famous examples being a, a limited number of steps on the Sabbath, um, you know, the potential of, of not being able to help somebody get their ox out of a ditch because that might constitute work. Um, uh, even criticizing Jesus uh, for healing the guy's hand um, on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And it's that they looked at a miracle, a real, live, supernatural happening, God intervening after being silent for... Mm-hmm several hundred years well the perception that he was right. silent for seven hundred several what 400 years I guess. 400 years roughly um like even even after that they witness a miracle and they were clearly convinced by their own system mm-hmm. enough to say that miracle should not be occurring today because it is the sabbath it's, it's on the sabbath yeah. yeah and you should work and you're working as right. a prophet and as a healer right. That's work to you, so you have broken the Sabbath. Right. And and that's they were they were so caught up into the legality of it that they, like you said, Hudson, they missed the heart of it. And and in the same way when you get to the Pharisees, and we're not even gonna cover Sadducees, but they they share because both of their issues were they wanted to keep the power that had been bestowed on them by the Roman government. Right. Because the Romans kind of said, you know, Herod, that was... If you keep them in line, yeah, then you can have this. Yeah, Herod, we'll, we'll Herod built them the temple yeah. and said to, to try to gain face to, for a political agenda to make sure Caesar doesn't take away his power. And Herod goes to them and says, I'm going to build you this temple. Take care of it. Don't cause any problems. And, you know, don't call, you know... Let's keep it in line. Yeah. 
and and you can keep and you're fine. Yeah. I won't bother you. I won't come into town. I won't destroy it. Right. It'll be it'll be your you can you design it how you need to. Like I'm letting you oversee it. And they wanted that. Yeah. And so part of it was they were scared when when Jesus starts stirring the hearts of the people. Right. Their their kingdom mm-hmm. was starting to crumble. Mm-hmm. And they were grasping for the power of that time. Right. Uh, and then by the time you get to later in uh, John, Luke, uh, even into Acts, they're not even denying that Jesus is doing the miraculous. <laughs> no. They're hardly even denying that he he's the Messiah. Right. Um, they're essentially saying, we're not interested in the Messiah, which as students of Scripture, as Hudson pointed out that they they were, you both have, they should have been looking for the Messiah. Well, and, and in their defense, they get a bad rap, but get mm-hmm. in their defense, there had been people step up that sure. thought to be sure. the Messiah. I mean, they proclaim to be the Messiah. There's, sure. the, even when they have that big discussion, and Rabbi, I almost said Gargamel, and that's not the right name. That's not that's it. That's Smurfs. Mm-hmm. But I can't think. It starts with a G. Mm-hmm. Gamaliel? Not, that's the one. That's the intern. Yeah. There he's coming in. There he is. Coming in. But, you know, when they have that discussion and he stands up and he's like, you know, we've had this before. We had, and he names a name yeah. and says he had a group of followers and what happened to him? Mm-hmm. Oh, he died and nothing came of it. Yeah. Just leave them alone. Mm-hmm. And it'll die too. I mean, that was kind of their approach. Like they were oh, looking yeah, for the Messiah. Uh, Acts four, maybe. Yeah, but they yeah. they were looking for the Messiah. Yeah, it's just they were skeptical because they had had these leaders. You had a zealot that rose up, mm-hmm. and you know that was like, okay, that's that right. ain't the right guy. He's not with the right spirit. So they were right. like, just leave him alone. But this, and of course, the disciples, and who knows, like how many if conversations were exchanged, but we live in a small town where word travels fast. I mean, the the disciples seemed to think that he was going to, uh, Jesus was going to uh, lead them out of Roman oppression. Oh, yeah. And so if the Pharisees got a sense for that, and they were worried about their position with Rome, and maybe he's this other zealot. Uh, but toward the end, and even after the resurrection, it seemed like there was there were some Pharisees who were fairly convinced they'd resurrected and uh, at least couldn't disprove it and just decided we would rather, we'd rather not. Right. Right. We like what we have. Yeah. I, I don't want to change. Right. I don't, I don't want to change the way I thought. I don't want to change the way I've been. You know, I was able to get to this position on the authority of scripture using scripture. Why should I change my interpretation? Right. You know, even if it's not completely accurate, right? Why should I? Because I'm comfortable with what I am, and right. God's blessing me, right? Certainly, their perception, right? God's blessing me because I have gained this, yeah. these roles and these experiences, and I don't have any any curses upon me. Yeah. And that's where you know Jesus kind of throws it in there. So. You know, taking back the history, and when you when you break that down, you start looking at modern day Pharisees, mm-hmm. and it can be scary. Mm-hmm. It can be, you know, you start thinking about that, and you start looking around, mm-hmm. and looking at what's going on in the church. When I say, quote unquote, capital C church, and even in 
the Catholic Church, you know, in case we got new, I, I love the history of the popes. I've actually read books on the history of popes. I enjoy that. That's fun for me. I, I know that you're rolling Who's your Who's your favorite pope, Hudson? Who are you possibly looking at? <laughs> I don't know. Does he know any popes? I do know some popes. Do you, do you have, have a favorite? favorite? Jinx. Mm. Well, trying to remember, I can't remember his number. <laughs> that's that's a tough oh, that's a that's I'll tough. tell you why like he's thinking eight of them are Leo. Well, 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 you got twenty three Johns. So there you go. Yeah, it's one of the Johns. And, and sixteen, and you got sixteen Alexanders, oh, and you know fifteen Benedicts. So I mean, you're yeah. good. You know. Yeah. But my favorite, my now. favorite is Pius the Pius the twelfth. Pius the twelfth is my favorite pope. He was back in the twenties and thirties, before John the twenty third. And I think it's 23rd, 22nd, 21st, something like that, before the last John. And Pius, he was a student. He, he loved to teach. He loved to give seminars. And so when he got older, he became senile. Okay. And he would lock himself in the library of the Vatican. Oh, no. And have all these books around him studying for his whatever was going on. Like he studied um, gas propulsion. Um, during the 1920s okay. and combustion and how the advancement of technology was going to take. I mean, that's what he was studying. He gave, like, speeches on it. But when he was getting older and he getting seen out, he would surround his desk with books, and when anybody would enter into the room, he would throw books at them and tell them to get out. <laughs> that, that's, that's what good. I'm going to be when that's I get fun. old. That's, yeah. that's what I'm hoping I'm going to be. I'm okay. just going to be surrounded by books, and if somebody yeah. comes into my library, I'm going to throw books at them and that's tell them good. to get out that I'm yeah. studying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Even if you're not seen out. Even if I'm not seen out, that's what right. I'm hoping. When I hit seventy, that's what I'm going to become. But you know, it is. It is sad when. Yeah. You know, dementia and Alzheimer's is sad. We need to acknowledge that. We but, don't. We don't want to make light of that. Right. However, uh, I, I would say like if you can play off and let people think you're crazy, but actually not be. Yeah. Then you've got some leverage. Yeah. I mean, it. So that's my favorite story. That's my Pope Pius the Twelfth. Yeah, Pope Pius the Twelfth. Okay, good. do you? I've given you time, Hudson. I mean, I'm not going to be able to remember what what number he was, but the Pope that led Vatican Council II. That's John Paul II. John Paul II. Okay, Paul I knew II. he was a John. Yeah. Uh, so okay, yeah. I think Vatican he he's too. interesting. I've heard I've heard it explained that. Uh, they picked a, an, an older fellow to be the pope because they wanted somebody who wasn't going to do anything radical, and they just wanted a, a nice and easy pope who would who would not smart. do the normal stuff. And then right. he comes along with the most revolutionary council in Catholic Church history. Yeah, and he got shot. Really? Don't forget cool. that. Oh yeah, he got he got shot. Um, survived. Okay. And met the guy in prison, and forgave him. Nice. Forgave him. Man. I mean, it, it, he John Paul is a he's a unique, a unique pope. So, but enough about the popes. But you see that right. you had there. There are other popes that did abuse Alexander the Sixteenth for one, um, who did he abused it in the fourteen hundreds. I mean, right. it, it was he was the Borgia Pope is what he's considered yeah. because he he. There's stories of where he killed cardinals. Right. That were going to rival his leadership to get the pope. Like it's crazy stories. 
crazy. Yeah. And, um, but you see that, and that's not modern times, that was the 1400s, but, I mean, you can see it today. You can see how church leaders, I mean, how many times do we see a church leader get caught up in some kind of power struggle? Right. And and they realized that they were not doing something for the benefit of the church or for the yeah. benefit of the gospel. They were doing it because they didn't want to let go of power. Right. And, you know, I, I want to, we need to wrap this up because we're getting at time, but right. for me, I think we all have to, any churchgoer, <clears throat> any student of the word, we can get caught up in the legalism. We can get caught up into the fact that we can become the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. We can start pointing fingers at other people instead of looking within, and that's why I always go back to Matthew 23. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus sits up and it's the woes, it's the woes of the Pharisees. I, I'll never forget studying that scripture, and when it hit me, I think I was in college or I was leading in a church, and I started reading those things, and you start looking at them going, okay, oh, oh okay, Jesus, okay, um, I'm yeah. going to skip, I need to skip this now. This is, yeah. this is hitting too hard, and too the, convicting. The formula is almost always, <laughs> woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, mm-hmm. so woe to you, religious leaders, mm-hmm. um, because you say you do this thing, or you do this outward measure of religious practice, mm-hmm. and inwardly, you do this other thing, mm-hmm. um, which is the kind of thing, you know, basically what the people see of you looks really great, mm-hmm. but then your heart, your mind, the things that we're told to love God with mm. are doing something else, mm-hmm. and um, we're, while we don't have a structure that is exactly like Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, and, you know, everybody else, uh, the, the warning seems like it sticks and or the warning seem like they stick because um, at some point for Jesus, his movement, this thing that they called the way and then later called Christians, the church, would have another generation. The initial early church were all converts, were all adult and, and young mm-hmm. converts, but they were converts, never all the same, right? Mm-hmm. Some converted from Judaism some converted from paganism, mm-hmm. but they all converted. But then there's another generation that grows up within it, that grows up with the Scripture, that grows up with what is becoming the New Testament, and so on and so forth. And it's those that grow, grow up studying it that the warning is, just because you have it, and just because you study it, and just because you pray, and just because you practice the things that are told to be practiced does not make you righteous. To go back to how Hudson started this, what makes you righteous is Christ and your faith in him. We do those things because we're made righteous, not to be righteous. Right. And that line can get blurry, especially for those of us who have either grown up in or around church or have been a part of it for a long time. You start to believe your own hype. You start to believe what people mm-hmm. tell you rather than what the scriptures tell you. Mm-hmm. It's And to end with this, because <clears throat> this is the woe that hits the yeah. hardest. It's the first woe that Jesus says. This is Matthew 23, 4, 13. He says, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people, 
for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Oh, boy. Like, that's how he starts it. Yeah. That's how he starts the woes. And you're like, all right, well, yeah. way, to, way, to, way to ease into it, Jesus. Like, Would you say he's essentially <clears throat> saying, woe to you for making yourself a gatekeeper? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And without you even going in. Like, right. you talk all about your relationship with your Heavenly Father, right. but yet, do you really have one? Right. I mean, that's that hits home. So nice. I think... The word that we can say to end with is, you know, to, to kind of keep... You don't want to just end on that? I don't want to end on that. Just... I want to pause the thing. I think, you know... <laughs> well, that's we... our time, folks. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be awesome. Be... They may come yeah. back. Come back next week. We'll yeah. tell you how not to be a Pharisee. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just a warning for all of us to, to really look at our own hearts first. Seek first the kingdom of righteousness and all else will come. I think that's what we have to do con- constantly is seeking our, our own heart and where do we stand within the gospel and how we can clean ourselves and hopefully lead others to the gospel and to the kingdom. Any further thoughts, Hudson? Would you? That's very kind of us to give Hudson a final thought. We're letting you have the final thought. You better have one. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. That's a lot of pressure. That's too much We've drama. We've given him a lot of pressure. That's too much drama. I mean, this is this is a deep, deep discussion. Yeah. Well, uh, if you have comments, yeah, comment to Thursday show at Thursday show. Dot com. Right. Um, name name which of the three of us is more like the... F- no, don't do it. Let's not do that. Let's, let's not do that. We'll just end the show yeah. right here. Um, All right. Well, uh, don't forget that we are meeting in person Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. And then Sunday at 8, 9.30, and 11. And then... If you can't meet in person for some reason, what can you do, Chad? You know, you just join us on Facebook, YouTube, or Vimeo. Mm-hmm. If one of those platforms are down, you know, pop over to the other one. That's right. We do it on three, so we give people an opportunity to, to listen to and worship with us um, the uh, best they can. The best they can, or uh, on all three, yeah. if you so choose. I mean, if you want to, that's fine. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you. We'll be back next week. Um, so. Bye. 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 Bye.